episode 158. Late night internet marketing. This week on the Late Night Internet Marketing Podcast, it's Thanksgiving. <laughs> so we're going to talk about all the things that you should be grateful for in your business. And not only that, why being grateful and expressing gratitude is really a key strategy for your business. All this and more on the Late Night Internet Marketing Podcast. <laughs> Internet Marketing Podcast. You've been working for somebody else, but you want a business to run yourself. You want to know how to start, where to begin. Can you get out your comfort zone, my friend? Yes, you can do it right when it's late at night. Now, broadcasting late at night from a little studio in the big state of Texas, your host, Mark Mason. All right, all right. How is everyone doing? I hope you are having a fantastic Thanksgiving. For those of you that are outside the United States, and I know that's a lot of you, this week, and particularly Thursday of this week, the 22nd of November, is Thanksgiving here in the United States. Now, this is a traditional holiday. Some people argue it's the most important and popular holiday in the United States. It dates back to the 1600s when settlers here in the United States around Plymouth, Massachusetts, celebrated with the local Indians. Now, you know, that's a really controversial topic. We call them Native Americans now for political correctness, but basically... You know, we invaded this country, but now we have a holiday around this idea of celebrating the the harvest, the feast of the lands, and being thankful and grateful for that. And it's a huge, big deal here in the United States. And we, you know, we do it every year. The national Thanksgiving holiday actually came around almost a hundred years later. George Washington was involved in in calling for that holiday because he wanted to commemorate the end of the Revolutionary War when this country broke away from Great Britain and celebrate the ratification of the Constitution. So really cool. So a little history there for you for Thanksgiving. Again, if you're not from this country, the the main staples that we you usually hear about around Thanksgiving are turkey. We eat turkey <laughs> and we eat things like pumpkin pie and stuffing, which is like this bread filling that a lot of times is baked inside of the turkey. Got to be very careful about getting that stuffing to the right temperature so that no one at your Thanksgiving ta uh, table dies from salmonella poisoning. And, uh, you know, cranberry dressing, pumpkin pie, stuff like that. We all eat too much, and, and it's a good time. We also play a lot of football during Thanksgiving. And, in fact, the Dallas Cowboys, my football team, traditionally play um, on Thanksgiving. And so we usually sit around as a family and watch that, but it's all about being thankful. And so the question that I have for you is, and it's a question that I, I posed in the late night internet marketing Facebook group. What is it that you have to be thankful for specifically regarding your business? 
what things are going on in your business or what do you have as a result or get to do as a result of your business that make you really thankful? Sometimes the answers are obvious. A lot of people with online businesses, they're thankful that they're able to stay home with their kids or do whatever it is that they do or the reason that they have the business in the first place. They're thankful for that. I think a lot of times, um, you know, for example, I'm thankful for three or four major things. One of them is the relationships that I've built as a result of this business. That's very high on the top of the list. The guys in my green room mastermind, Cliff Ravenscraft, Leslie, Pat, those guys, Mike, Ray, um, I'm thankful for that. Every week when I get to talk to those guys, I'm reminded how special that, how, what a special result has come in my internet business. It's really cool. And I'm sure that you in your internet business have met people that you enjoy, or I'm sure you will meet people that may become your lifelong friends. And so that's one of the really cool things about internet business is that it opens up opportunity to meet people and not just people that are also in your industry, but it also opens up people to that you can meet through the work that you do. Um, listeners of this podcast come to mind, and I recently got the opportunity to actually meet a bunch of them face-to-face in at Cliff Ravenscraft's event out in Tennessee. Very thankful for those relationships. Thankful for the opportunity to help people. And maybe that really is the largest thing for me, I really love those emails when they come in and they say, Mark, you know, the podcast that you get did here or the blog post that you did here or the advice you gave me here made the difference and got me to the next level or got me to the next thing or helped me get past somewhere where I was stuck. And now I'm able to better accomplish my goals, help my family, whatever it is that those people need to do. So I'm very, I'm very grateful for those things. I think the typical way we think about gratitude is we think about the what we call additive gratitude. So what is what is possible now because of something? What what has been added to your life because of something? But I think it's also useful to think about subtractive at, uh, gratitude. To think about what would be missed if this was not possible. You know, what things would you have missed out on? And for me one of the subtractive things is I love to learn things. And one of the cool things about internet marketing in general is that it's just always changing. So there's so much to learn. And, and if I had not had the opportunity over the last 10 years to learn about internet business as it has changed itself and really changed commerce in the world, in the modern world, I mean, literally the modern world has been changed by e-commerce. I mean, imagine a modern world without Amazon or a modern world without websites. That's all happened in the last 20 years. So the fact that I've been working on, on this for most of that time is really exciting for me. And I would have missed out on all of that without my internet business. So what are you grateful for? I'd like to challenge you to think about the things that you are grateful for in your business and and why? I think, you know, one, okay, Mark, so fine. So you're grateful. Great. I'm busy. I got stuff to do. I got a podcast to get out. I got content to create. I've got some, you know, I've got a Black Friday sale I'm working on. Why should I spend time on gratitude? I mean, it seems like a waste of time. Frou-frou, 
blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I like to, to talk about mindset and things like that, but there's actually real science behind the benefit of gratitude. And in fact, there's a great article in psychology today. I'll, I'll try to remember to link to it in the show notes that talks about the benefits of gratitude that have been substantiated by actual medical studies, like real scientists doing real work in real universities and, and research centers around the world have found proven scientific benefits. A couple of them I think are, are pretty obvious. For example, it's scientifically proven that having a mindset of gratitude can improve your psychological health because when you have sort of a gratitude first sort of mindset or when you shift your thinking for, to a, a, a way of thinking that's based you know, in gratitude, it, it naturally shifts you away from negative thinking or what Zig Ziglar used to call stinking thinking, right? I mean, it, it gets you out of that. And there are measurable psychological benefits that where you can impact your psychological health. So if you're a person who gets the blues, and I'm no psychologist, right? So your mileage may vary here. But if you're a person who's feeling down or, um, you know, just isn't feeling very motivated at times, I think spending some time with understanding what you're grateful for can really help your psychological situation. There's also data that suggests that it helps your uh, your actual physical self, uh, physical health. There was a study done in 2012 where it, they found that people who have a, a grateful mindset are more likely to take care of their own physical health. This gets to one of those kind of subtle things that if you're feeling positive, you're going to feel better about doing things for yourself. You know, you're going to, you're going to feel like you should take care of yourself because after all, you're so grateful for all the things that that brings. Um, this article in Psychology Today also talks about how it can impact your relationships, which seems obvious. People want to hang out with people who have sort of this kind of positive mindset. Um, also, some studies, a study back down in 2011 indicated gratitude or having a grateful mindset can improve your sleep. So there's other stuff you can read about in the Psychology Today article. I'll leave it for the show notes. But I'm not just saying that you should feel grateful because it seems like a good thing to do. There's actual evidence and certainly my own personal experience that suggests that doing being grateful can actually help you. You know, it also can help your business. And I think there, if you Google gratitude in business, you come up with a wealth of articles about how gratitude can help you be more successful in business. But I think simply put, if you're grateful for the opportunity to do business with people and you're grateful for the opportunity to take care of people and help them and you're grateful for the opportunity to solve people's problems, the people that you do business with, they, uh, they feel that. They feel lucky to be in that relationship with you because they can tell that you are, that you feel grateful. And this can be true for consultants who are face-to-face -face and one-on-one -on -one all the time, but it can also be true for people who are working the, the cash register at Target or Walmart, right? I mean, when someone, when the cash, when the cashier at Walmart seems grateful to have had the opportunity to help you get the heck out of Walmart, which is my life goal, 
if I'm ever in Walmart, my life goal is suddenly to get out of there. If that person tells you, uh, you know, makes you feel that they really appreciate having had the opportunity to help you, that can change your entire shopping experience, right? And so that kind of gratefulness, that makes you want to come back to Walmart. Now, it's going to take a lot of gratitude to ever make me want to go back to a Walmart, but you get the idea. If people treat you that way um, and pay that forward, that kind of gratitude uh, first sort of mindset, that's going to change the way people do business with you. As opposed to a, a, a customer-facing attitude that doesn't express gratitude, doesn't let the customer know that their business is appreciated and doesn't give them a reason to do business with you as opposed to someone else. So there, I think there are real business reasons to feel gratitude. So how do you do it? How do you get to this place of gratitude? Well, the first thing you do is you, you do the, the action that I told you, which is stop and write down some things that you're grateful for that are specifically related to your business and not just the things that the business has brought you, the, the additive gratitude, but also the subtractive gratitude, the stuff that the business, um, that without the business, you would be lacking, the stuff that you would have missed out on, right? That, you know, for me, it's, it's I never would have met Michael Hyatt, for example. I met Michael Hyatt a couple of years ago for the very first time. I've met him many times before them. And one time I got to... Uh, MC an event where uh, where I it was a panel discussion where I was the moderator and I got to talk to him and really interact with him and I you know that's a, something that was important to me because I had been following Michael Hyatt for a long time I never would have been able to do that without my internet business I never would have had that opportunity heck I might I might not have even ever known about Michael Hyatt in the first place so lots of things to be grateful for when you consider those two angles but that's just today. So let's say you pull the car over the side of the road right now and you do that. What about tomorrow or the next day? And I, I think the answer that most people will have for you is to, to undertake some kind of gratitude journaling. And in fact, what you see in these, in a lot of these pre-made journals, these business success journals that you see from, from guys like Michael Hyatt and John Lee Dumas and others that are publishing physical paper journals that you can use to to journal every day there's usually a gratitude section so you can do that or you can just go get uh, a notebook i like the um i'm not gonna say it it looks like moleskin but i think it's moleskin uh, i'm sure i'll get tons of emails telling me how to pronounce that properly but you can go get a little notebook actually the amazon one i prefer the moleskin ones but the Amazon basics ones are really good too. And you just write down periodically what you're grateful for. Just take time to do that. And I think, um, you know, if you look at recommendations for how to do that from experts who focus on the topic of, of gratitude journaling, I think what you'll find is depth is better than breadth. It's certainly okay to write down the two or three things that you're grateful for every day. And you get this kind of list-based thing if you do that. I've done this before. And for me, it means that, you know, it's late in the afternoon and you're trying to complete this gratitude journaling because you said you would. And you write down the two things that you're grateful for. And one of the things you're grateful for is that there weren't any shells in your scrambled eggs this morning. And the other thing is you're grateful that you have a great life or whatever. It's 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 a lot of breadth. You're, you're doing it every day. You've got this long list of things at the end of the month that you're thankful for. 
But unless you're more diligent than I am, which is quite possible, <laughs> but unless you're super diligent, you don't get much into the meat. And I think it's, it's better if you're going to, assuming that you're going to spend sort of the same amount of time, I think it can be better to once a week or once every few days to really focus in on a thing that you're grateful for. And I think more importantly, like most things in life, why, why are you grateful for this thing? What's the deal? What makes it important to you? And, you know, I met Michael Hyatt. Why is that important to me? And there are a lot of reasons, um, um, for that for me, but you know, whatever it is that you're grateful for, if you're truly grateful for it, there are going to be some reasons why. And as you unpack that, I think that has the opportunity to sort of amplify the the reason, the power of the gratitude. It amplifies it when you really understand what's underpinning it. And I encourage you to to really uh, make it about you know real emotions, real people, real things. But you know, don't overdo it. You don't need to do this every day. I just think periodically we all need to sit down and be thankful for the things in our business. It will make you a better business person. It will make you a, it'll make you a better person. It'll improve your life situation, whether that's health, psychology, whatever it is. And I think it's a practice that I want to encourage you to undertake. So be grateful and happy Thanksgiving. It's time to get to work. One night at a time. So as I mentioned in the last episode, I've been working on, or my intention is to create revenue as part of an Amazon business to see if I can meet my own challenge. I've been getting ready to do that. It's taking me a little longer than I anticipated to get turned around to that, but I've been starting to do some things. And one of the things that I've been doing is clearing out some old inventory that's at Amazon that I no longer that that I hadn't been able to sell, I guess is the the right way to say it. And I when I say I hadn't been able to sell it, it hasn't sold in general because for whatever reason the price that I had set for that for those products was higher than what the competition was selling the products for. And the way the Amazon buy box works, whenever your price is substantially higher than, and by substantially, I mean a few percent higher than the competition, Amazon will not award you the buy box. So what are we talking about? Now, I, I talked to you about this wholesale approach before. And what we said was you you send stuff on Amazon. Let's say you're you're going to sell blue widgets and you want to buy blue widgets from a blue widget wholesaler, and then you're going to send those blue widgets into Amazon properly labeled and ready for fulfillment by Amazon, which means Amazon sends them out in the Amazon Prime box with the smiley tape on the outside of it, and they ship it to your customer for you. And for that, they take a commission for the sale and they take a price or they take a fee rather for the delivery, the fulfillment charges. And you're left with uh, the rest, the remainder of what the customer paid from which you need to pay for the cost of the goods that you actually sold. So the issue is how is it if there are five people selling blue widgets that you get to sell yours? Why don't all the blue widgets get sold by 
the other four guys. And the, the way it works is Amazon does something called buy box rotation. And if you have a product available that other people are also selling, and if your price is the same as or very, very similar to within a few pennies, the lowest price, and if you are a seller in good standing offering prime, so you're if you're selling from Amazon, you're offering prime automatically. That is to say, if you're having Amazon fulfill your order, that's automatically Amazon prime eligible. That would be in contrast to the idea of you shipping it to the customer from your house. If you're having Amazon ship it from their warehouse, you're automatically eligible for prime. In fact, that's sort of the whole point of using FBA. And so the question is, how is it that when a customer goes to buy a blue widget, they end up buying it from you? And it's very simple. Amazon rotates the buy box between the people that meet all of those criteria. They have the lowest price or they're tied for the lowest price. They have, they are a seller in good standing, which gets them on the list and they're offering prime. In other words, they are, you know, they're using Amazon FBA. So those are sort of the, that's all the criteria you need to meet. So if there are a thousand blue widgets sold every month on Amazon and there are five people selling them, that means on average, you're going to sell about 200 or one fifth of the blue widgets on Amazon, provided that your price is the same as everyone else's price. So probably you've noticed that the price of things on Amazon can change. And so what happens when you're selling blue widgets for 1995 and there are four other people that are selling blue widgets for 1995 and all of a sudden one of the other people decides they can afford to sell blue widgets for 1895 now all of a sudden one person is selling blue widgets for 1895 and four people are selling the exact same blue widget but they're selling them for 1995 what's amazon going to do well amazon's concern is making sure that Amazon customers have the best possible purchasing experience. And one of the elements of that purchasing experience is making sure that they get the best possible price. So in this scenario where the five blue widgets are exactly identical except for price and all five sellers are in excellent standing with Amazon, what Amazon is going to do is going to award all of the buy box to the one seller who's selling widgets for $18.95. And what does that mean? That means if there are a thousand blue widgets sold a month on Amazon, like we said before, now you're going to sell zero blue widgets at $19.95. And the seller at $18.95 is going to sell 1,000 blue widgets. Well, of course, there is no doubt that these other four people who are selling blue widgets, they're going to, they're going to want to try and match that price. And if they can, they're going to do, guess what? They're going to move their price down to 1895 
And now suddenly again, there are five people selling blue widgets and everybody gets their fair share. So Amazon does this on purpose because it drives the marketplace down to the minimum sustainable profit margin. You're not going to sell blue widgets at a loss unless you're getting out of the blue widget business entirely. You're going to sell them at the lowest price you can afford to sell them. And so is everybody else. And may the best man or woman win. And usually since the, all the blue widgets are coming from some blue widget factories in some other part of the world, and everybody's got sort of the same shipping costs, usually these prices will stabilize to something that's reasonable and they'll jump around maybe a few pennies here or there. So the question becomes, first of all, the, the observation is that's one of the things that makes this business more difficult than it might be otherwise is because Amazon has set up the system to naturally take the fluff, the extra profit, the margin out. It's almost like eBay in reverse in the sense that, you know, you bid on eBay and automatically your the the price for whatever it is you're selling on eBay will go up to whatever the market will pay. On Amazon, the price automatically goes down to whatever it is that um, people are willing to, whatever profit margin people are willing to get down to. And so that makes it tough because if you run up against a a really big seller with fantastic purchasing power and the ability to negotiate really aggressive pricing with their suppliers, for example, Amazon itself, if all of a sudden Amazon starts buy, starts selling blue widgets, they come in to the supplier as Amazon with an enormous amount of negotiating power and they're able to negotiate a price for blue widgets at wholesale or direct from the factory that allows them to sell blue widgets at $16.95. And we see this all the time. You'll be cruising along, making a nice three or four or five or six dollars per item, and all of a sudden Amazon will come at onto the listing and in some cases sell the product for less than what you're buying it for because they're so powerful in the marketplace, they just crush you. And it's the same kind of idea. That's the way Walmart works, that Walmart has amazing buying power and they're able to deliver products to market at lower prices because of their enormous procurement engine that they have where they're able to go get these things at, at great prices. So so what what do you do? Well what you do is, you know, and we're going to be talking about this in future weeks, you're careful not to overextend yourself. We don't go buy 12 years worth of blue widgets and send them into Amazon. Uh, we buy an amount of blue widgets where we can, you know, we stay pretty light with our inventory. We reorder periodically. Instead of buying 12 months supply and hoping that the price stays stable, we buy two or three weeks or a month's worth of supply at the most, and we keep a close eye on the price. And we keep an eye on the price with something called repricing software. So there's software out there that will monitor this competitive situation, and you can give it rules like, Never go below this price because after that price, I'm, I'm at a loss or I'm below my minimum profit margin. But if a competitor changes their price up or down, you change to match it. That's what you tell the software. And you can see this in action. You can see these repricings going on by looking at a tool called Keepa. And I'll put this in the show notes. If you go 
and download Keepa. It's a Chrome extension that you can add to Chrome. And you load Keepa into your browser and then go to a product on Amazon and it will show you the historical pricing for that item for a year. And you'll see with almost every item on Amazon that that price is jumping around. And the reason it's jumping around is because pricing is part of marketing and people are moving their prices around based on market conditions and the prices that they're paying in their business and how fat, how quickly they want to move inventory. Um, they're moving their price around on Amazon to try in general to get more sales or make more money, right? That's what they're doing. And there's automated software that helps you do that. And so these pricing tools are a big part of Amazon strategy and something we'll be talking about in future episodes. So what, what I found when I looked at my stuff is I've got some old products on there where I set the minimum price at a, at a point that the, my repricing software was never able to get low enough to sell that because I didn't want to sell it at a loss. So these are, you know, in general, there are things where I made a bad purchasing decision. I bought something at what I thought was going to be a good price where I thought I was going to make money. And in general, the market collapsed or the pricing collapsed. And in order to sell that, that inventory, I'm going to have to sell it at cost or maybe at a small loss to liquidate it. So this week I'll be working on that. That's my main thing is to get that inventory moving and order new inventory um, and start getting the machine going so that in January I will be really back on the revenue trend, hopefully hundreds if not thousands of dollars a month uh, in Amazon inventory by January or February. So that's sort of where we are on that. That's Amazon pricing. If you have any questions about that, I'd love for you to drop me a line on the show notes at latenightim.com forward slash 158. Or even better, you can join the Late Night Internet Marketing Facebook group. If you're interested in this business model, this is one of the things that we talk about in there. It's been a little quiet lately, but I try to answer every question that is posted there in the group. And you can find that at latenightim.com forward slash FB group. Okay. It's almost Thanksgiving here in Dallas, Texas. I hope you guys have a fantastic day and we'll talk to you soon. Ciao. You can do it right when it's late at night. You've been listening to the late night internet marketing podcast. Be sure to visit late night podcast.com today to leave feedback for Mark, download special bonus content, access the show notes and more. See you there. Until then, Until then go and make some great progress on your internet business. One night at a time. One night at a time. Okay, so it's Thanksgiving. I've already gone longer than I should. So just a few quick Thanksgiving jokes because, you know, I'm such a great comedian. First one, why did the turkey cross the road? You don't know, do you? Well, it's because it was Thanksgiving and he wanted people to think he was a chicken. <laughs> yeah, it's good, isn't it? Yeah, I know. I knew you would like that. Okay, one more joke. My very favorite Thanksgiving joke. Why do pilgrims' pants always fall down? I'm sure you don't know, 
and it's simply because they wear their belt buckles on their hats. <laughs> Have a happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Late night internet marketing. Hey, it's Mark again. I wanted to tell you one more time about this absolutely free resource that I have for helping people who are trying to get the big picture for internet marketing actually get started and understand what all their choices are. If that's not you, there's no more content. You can skip to the end. But if you're someone who came to this podcast because you're searching for how to get started online and you just can't cut through all the noise, I get it. That was me. In 2007, when I was trying to get started, there were so many people throwing offers at me that I really couldn't even understand what all the different business models were. I couldn't understand how money moved around on the internet, and I couldn't really get a grip on what direction I wanted to go in so I could figure out how to move forward. I've created a free video resource for you just for that purpose at latenightim.com forward slash explain. In several short videos, I just explained to you what internet marketing is all about and what online business is all about and the different options that you have for starting an online business. There's nothing to buy there. You just sign up for access and you get the videos just like that. So if that's interesting to you or if you know someone who's in the same situation, send them that link, latenightim.com forward slash explain. And let me know what you think. I'd love to hear what people are thinking that are in the exact same position that I was in more than a decade ago in 2007. In some ways, it seems like yesterday. And in some ways, it seems like an entire lifetime ago. Again, that's latenightim.com forward slash explain. Late night internet marketing.